1: I'm going to talk about a couple of science issues for the next segment here there's a couple of things that we want to get to first of all the 2021 nobel prizes have all been handed out now and guess what all of the winners are men and to be truthful that's typically the way that it goes when we talk about nobel prizes not always not always for example two women Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Doudna won last year for some work they did in chemistry. There have been a few others, but traditionally, historically, men dominate when it comes to Nobel Prizes around science, and always have. So again, we're talking about the underrepresentation of women in STEM, or science, technology, engineering, and math fields. And to chat a bit about that with us, we have Mary Feeney, who's Professor and Lincoln Professor of Ethics and Public Affairs at Arizona State University. Mary, thank you so much for your time this morning. appreciate you joining us.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: You know, we've talked about this before, and I know we've had discussions before. There's been a lot of work, you know, to try and increase the female representation in STEM and to get more women involved. Um, Obviously, there's still work to be done, though, right?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, most... uh You know, in the United States and Canada and places like this, we've seen real progress in the advancement of women in representation in STEM fields, both in the sort of K through 12 education system up, you know, into college and then into careers. So we we are seeing a lot of progress in in representation. I think some of the things uh, women continue to experience is general sort of bias in the system and then also structural careers that are really sort of the way the careers are designed definitely benefit men more than women over time.
1: You know, and when we're talking about Nobel Prizes, like you say, it's a bit of a process, right? If we get more girls and uh, young women interested in the sciences and encourage them in the sciences and then they go through their college education and they start their careers, ultimately it takes time to play out to the Nobel Prize level. Are we seeing that progress, though, at the younger ages? Are we seeing more and more interest and more and more involvement among young women in STEM?
0: Yeah, we're definitely seeing improvements in the sort of participation of women in STEM throughout. There's also recent research that shows women are receiving more awards um, as compared to previous times, but that improvement tends to be happening for lower prestige awards and awards that offer sort of lower financial payouts.
1: Um, you know, I- Whenever we have this conversation, we've had it a couple of times before. Um, there's always the argument that, well, this is just the way that it is. Girls aren't as interested in science when they're learning and they're younger as boys are. They're 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 different interested in different things. I, I think most people understand that's a misconception. And um, are we still seeing that though? Is that still playing into this? That inherent bias that a lot of us have that you know this is what boys do and this is what girls do.
0: Sure. I mean, cultural bias is always sort of play out in these ways, especially sort of gendered bias, I think there's overwhelming empirical evidence that women are not less or less interested in science than than men. And when we see lower numbers of women later in their careers as Nobel Prize winners or as professors in the academy, it's a function of women being discouraged sort of throughout their careers. And, And I think, you know, culturally and sort of as a society, we've really... Taken some steps to to sort of amend that and to fix that, creating programs like you know coding programs for girls and STEM camps for girls, and also I think teachers at K through twelve are beginning to understand that. It-
1: oh, I think we lost Mary. Um, put her back on hold, and maybe we can get that worked out in a minute here. Sarah wants to check in on that and see if the uh, call just dropped out or if it's gone for good. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm seeing the text here. You know, this listener says intelligence and brilliance are evenly distributed, but opportunity is not. And you know what? I think when we are talking about the Nobel Prizes, as I was talking about with Mary, I mean, you're talking about the pinnacle and, and usually people who are well into their careers. So I'm interested to see because, you know, there's been a lot of work. And frankly, there's been a lot of money spent and a lot of programming done to try and bring more young women into these sciences when it comes to post-secondary education and things like that and get them more involved in um, STEM work and you know is it paying off are we seeing it you know when we get later on in the careers is that something that we're seeing happen more and more regularly or is there still work to be done there i think it's a fair discussion to have there's no doubt because um you're right i mean it's not like there's any sort of physical barriers in terms of intelligence or anything like that of course not uh, okay let's see if we have mary back now mary I, uh sorry about that I Had sticky on hold we lost you for a second but you're back now
0: I think I am. Yeah, there
1: you go. Sounds loud and clear. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> um so we were talking about, you know, sort sort of the um, the inherent cultural bias and and how that still persists um and perhaps maybe in STEM more so than in some other places and and that is still the primary barrier, right?
0: Yeah, I think you know, especially when you think about competition at higher levels, you know, women are making it through STEM educational systems, but then sort of in their careers, they're, they're disadvantaged. They're not viewed as, as powerful. Their reputations are not as valued. There's, there's recent research that shows women's sort of academic research is less cited than men, that when women are working in teams, they're less likely to be given credit for the teamwork. And so some of this is, um, it's not a function of women being talented and doing the science. It's about how women's science is sort of taken up.
1: Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active mint customers by five thirty one twenty-four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
1: Community. And does that point out sort of a shortcoming that we haven't really looked at? Because you know, we've had all kinds of different programming. We've had all kinds of different funding initiatives to try and get more women involved in STEM. Um, And that part's being handled in a lot of different ways. But that other barrier, is that something that we've overlooked?
0: Um, I I would say it's not something we've overlooked. It's just something that is much more subtle, you know, implicit bias and the way people preference their colleagues or preference the work of their colleagues is something that's really hard to change, right? It requires sort of individual level behavior and then group behavioral changes and that you know that comes with people accepting that there's a problem right recognizing yeah. that it's an issue and then sort of boosting the work of those those female scientists and so it's it's a real cultural and social change and those kinds of changes are much harder than say increasing the number of women in an engineering program at the university
1: exactly i mean because there's a different reality i mean you know whether we want to admit it or not it's obvious you know for for women who are at the stage where they're starting their career or something like that if family is a consideration it's them that's affected disproportionately compared to the to the male in the household they often continue with their career completely unfettered well women um you know are are now focused on children and other parts and their career may fall by the wayside that's still a major consideration
0: yeah that's that's also a major consideration i think some of the ways We've structurally sought to fix this. Is some of the big funding agencies yeah. that fund science now allow women to use some of that funding for, for childcare, right? Women aren't going to academic conferences sometimes because they don't have childcare at home. And now they can use some of their science budget to support these sort of extra home life constraints they might have so that they can pursue their science. And, you know, that's something we would not have seen when the, the scientific community was predominantly male.
1: So, uh, last one. Um, we're seeing progress. We're seeing things move in a direction where it's becoming more representational. Um, are you optimistic that we'll get there? I mean, obviously, we've touched on some of the barriers that still exist, but are we headed in the right direction on this, Mary?
0: I mean, I think so, right? So the first step is getting more sort of representation in women in science, and we're seeing that. The second step is recognizing some of the cultural and social barriers. And I think, you know, over time, you're going to have these generational shifts. Um, Younger men in the science system have a different understanding of the constraints um, that women face in their careers um, because there's more women around them yeah. and because they're being socialized in a different way. And so when we see the entire scientific community taking a different approach, these changes will become, I think, sort of more deeply seated and, and more natural and intuitive yeah. to the
1: community. Yeah, just more normal. We won't even talk about it anymore. Uh, one day, one day. Mary, thank you so much Ideally. for your time today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I really <laughs> appreciate you. you joining us today. Thank you. That's Mary Feeney, who is um, a professor and Lincoln professor of ethics in public affairs, Arizona. Harv says, I joined you late. What is STEM? STEM, Harv, is science, technology, engineering, and math. They call it STEM.